right. Hey there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. It's Mike J. Darks and Berard with another episode of that D&D podcast. Uh, today, we are kind of doing a recap of a game we've been running for a while, the Fangs and Failures, a.k.a. Vampire the Masquerade. Vampire the... Uh, vampire... A vampire game of some kind. There were vampires and bloods and stuff. Uh, the real-life behind-the-scenes part of this that... Uh, uh, it's never always, it's never super glamorous, but we wound up uh, recording our last session back in September, and it's now February. Uh, the The winter months tend to be cold and dark uh, and um, filled with various family gatherings. Aren't always great for recording things and not always great for picking stuff back up afterwards. Additionally, there were some great lessons learned that we're going to go over that I, as a GM, have learned. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, what we liked uh, and maybe what uh, could be improved next time. And I guess that is the slow way of rolling into we kind of fizzled on this game and uh, we'll be doing something else after a short break. So, Are you telling me that Fangs and Failures failed? Yes, yes. Mm. Perhaps using uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 as our cover art for uh, our internal game uh, internal World 20 for this was not <laughs> not the most fortuitous. Like next time we'll pick something that succeeded and will launch. We really have to avoid the portentous pictures. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was ironic. It turns out it was <laughs> wrong. Ironically, it was not ironic. Right. That's <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get a, a roundup of all our players in case um, you haven't heard our dulcet tones recently. Uh, top down in Discord order. All right, hey, I'm David, he, him pronouns. Uh, my character in this game was Tyree Costa. Hey, this is Adam. Um, I was playing Carlos Mendez, your local friendly mortician. I'm next, yeah. Uh, hi, I am Jonathan, and uh, I was playing Javad, and uh, yeah, he was your typical vampire lawyer who was friends with terrorists, but wasn't certain he liked them. Uh, I guess that leaves me. Hi, I'm Zach, <laughs> he, him pronouns, and I am messing with my volume because I think I blew it out the last minute and a half, so uh, I'm sorry to our editors. Uh, I was playing Mila, <laughs> the vampire cop, uh, who was... A monster, yes, on both accounts. Uh, and I'm like, I'm Mike. He him pronouns. Uh, I already introduced myself because that's my intro. Um, yeah. So first, uh, what do you all think about? How do you all feel about the, the Vampire the Masquerade as a as a system? Um, it's kind of a departure. We we tend to play a lot of um, Forged in the Dark and um, Powered by the Apocalypse games. So um, I was kind of excited to run it because. Uh, I've been watching a lot of reading a lot of LA by night or watching LA by night and then reading a lot of vampire fiction. So it seemed like I was very excited to get this started and the rules didn't seem particularly hard to work with, but I also seem to recall a bunch of time for us looking up rules. We spent a lot of time looking up rules for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the world of darkness system is definitely a lot crunchier than forged in the dark or powered by the apocalypse uh that said i i do have to say it um 
I was looking forward to combat because I wanted to see how it compared to the older version of Vampire that I had played, where combat was a slog, and we never got to the combat. Oh shit! It's true. We never did. We never did have a fight. It's <laughs> we never threw a punch. Not a single Truly punch. I put all my points in punching, Mike. All of I, them. I, I have to. I have to say that's probably the biggest failure as part of this podcast is we did not allow Zach to murder anyone. That's not true. I <laughs> murdered a guy. I murdered one actual human person. Yeah, I was going to say, I took an angle yeah, dagger but, to a dude. Yeah, but in a but, vampire game, but yeah, so here's the, here, you didn't have to roll or anything. Yeah, but so here, here's, <laughs> the, here's the deal, right? I put all my points in punching vampires into Chunky Salsa, and I mm. never once got to do that. That's very sad. Is very sad. Uh, if Mila has one regret, it's probably joining that private military force. But if she has two regrets, <laughs> the second one is not getting to punch any vampires in half. Um, I say there were options. Actually, that. I, sorry, go ahead. I was say there were options. I took an angle grinder to a dude. <laughs> <laughs> and that actually dovetails into my favorite part about the system is. Um, not the critical failures, but the weirdly critical successes. Mm-hmm. Right? The hungry, the yeah, the beast. Yeah, yeah, I really like that too. I think that uh, I mean, obviously, World of Darkness. The whole concept is that you are the monster, and it's sort of plotting your inevitable like fall into monstrosity. And I mm-hmm. thought that did a really good job of that, like that concept of oh yeah you succeeded but you're worse off now was great yeah um that was one of my favorite scenes when javad takes an angle grinding to this dude <laughs> and eventually has to get called back uh the other one was uh was carlos just like i don't remember exactly what it was but like we had to get rid of somebody and carlos just like i ah, just just bodies the guy and like throws him into the like I don't know if it was exact oh dragging like people into the funeral parlor or yeah you talk about the guy in the body bag that I had to make disappear yeah, oh, yeah that's right yeah we juiced that one guy to, to potentially wake up the elder right yeah there was that guy but there was also no that was a different guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> Carlos oh I'm somebody sorry bragged... I've lost track of the atrocities somebody brought uh, a not quite dead dude to Carlos and Carlos was like. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. It's body disposal. Yeah. Part of the job. Look, you take somebody from 75% dead to 100% dead, it's it's just part of the job, right? It's the gig. I mean, it was kind of like DoorDash, too. <laughs> <laughs> where you got a meal out of it as well? I'm trying I'm trying to come with an, up with an Uber Eats pun somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, but you only deliver German people. That may not make the cut. Maybe that should get cut out. <laughs> no. No, our shame lives on, Mike. Oh, God. Okay. We we started recording for the first time in how long? And you want to start cutting parts out? No. I'm just saying. No. If our illustrious editor wants to hide my shame, I'm totally grateful. Um, yeah, but that's the cool thing about this game. Oh, I mean, it's a cool thing with playing with y'all, right? Like... Um, I, I always have a blast playing with you for um actually all the people I play with, but you know. Um there's a lot of good uh memory events and things that happened in this game that were that were fun. But um like the system I don't feel like got in the way necessarily, 
No, I like aside from having to spend you know a bit of time looking stuff up. I don't think the system got all the way. I think the system added crunch, for lack of a better word, on more than one occasion. Like mm-hmm. uh, with the the critical success failures. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think uh, so. From from my part, my aspect, part that I think where um, I struggled as a GM was um, I put a whole bunch of I put an entire golf bag worth of irons in a fire but didn't tell the players where the fire was <laughs> or that the irons were in there. And I was just like, okay, now please explore this <laughs> convoluted <laughs> puzzle without me giving you any inter- any real direction. And I'll just sit here seeing sure. like, I, yeah, I just, yeah. Maybe not, not the, <coughs> uh, if, uh, if you want to run a D and D or D and D like any kind of role playing game in the system, I would suggest, Working with your players. What? <laughs> uh, we're all here together to create a um, uh, a fun narrative time. And like, if I brought everybody in earlier and said, "Hey, here are some ideas. How do you want to handle? Like, you know, what what ways do you want to address these things?" Right. That actually winds up being more collaborative, more interesting, and uh, longer term better, as opposed to kind of like making folks not feel like, or like from my perspective, I felt like I wasn't giving you enough information about what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, uh, speaking somewhat historically about the world of darkness and like the, the core concepts, the ideas behind it, like that, those aspects of like mystery and not knowing what to do and uncertainty. And like, those are elements that it plays up because it's got that, like, semi-urban gothic horror thing going on right so i can totally understand that impulse of like wanting us to find it but not give us too much because you don't want to reduce that sort of feeling of discovering uncovering and dreading what you're going to find next right like yeah but you also need a quest marker yes i think i think with the iron in the fire metaphor um, the irons didn't get hot, hot enough Ooh, anyway, that's true. for us. Yeah, like we we should we should have had some things burning. Well, I, I would say that that is generally probably the case. the The two that I remember specifically that did get hot enough were that skull and how it was like making the blood, like making the walls bleed at our our hideout. Uh, and then the part where Javad, where we brought, where the dude showed up in a coffin and Javad like hacked his head off, right? <laughs> um, in both those scenarios, like that got pretty hot. We just didn't have any like, we didn't get burned by it terribly hard. Is the thing mm-hmm. right? Well, and like, yeah, the, it felt like the sorry, entire campaign we were just kind of waiting for consequences. Uh-huh. Partly because we never took any firm overt actions. I think it took us several sessions to dump the one dude's body uh-huh. and like that was really just punting right yeah yeah well i think uh I, I'm, I'm willing to put this on uh something else is that i think we have played enough powered by the apocalypse and forged in the darks games that we're used to like eating eating our own feces immediately right just like <laughs> taking that nosedive after the roll and be like oh yeah no i earned that that was great uh, one thing the system doesn't do is actively punish you for blowing something like that in the moment. Yeah. 
And, like, the lives of vampires, the unlives of vampires, consequences come slowly, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that narratively that's hard sometimes. I, I think we... I think we all were treating the characters with kid gloves a little because of the system complexity. Like, it was going to take a lot longer for us to roll up a new character if something terrible happened than if we were doing a Blades game. There might have been... I mean, I build characters constantly on everything. But, like... (laughs) No, I mean, if you would have put, like, a werewolf in front of me, I would have fought it. Like, I don't know. Again, I think that that's part of, like, the, the... sort of vibe of the system and the game like the we were trying to avoid conflicts in part because we were like we were the enforcers of the status quo on some level so of course we were trying yeah. to avoid conflict right yeah. right we were all monsters we were there. we were it was pitched where we were high enough high enough up that people weren't going to start shit with us mm-hmm. easily yes yeah but there should have been to borrow a blades part concept a clock uh-huh. right mm-hmm. every right. time a scene went by mm-hmm. one of these clocks should advance forward um and if we hadn't like solved it by the time the clock popped then coffin dude wakes up or you know uh kitty which was a minor character from a couple other scenes would make another terrible decision or <laughs> you know the skull would rattle again or our ghostly mage would make another something happen would happen right i do enjoy that kitty was basically a player character from another game yeah yeah, yeah. kitty was uh every cyberpunk 29 <laughs> yeah and like um i will absolutely reuse these concepts in a, another game where these are highly inappropriate but i just all the stuff was, was too much fun so uh but yeah ticking clocks right like uh, have some of the threads snap or blow up or have things get hot, right? That would have like to force the thing forward because that wasn't that that was not present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were only a couple times where like active threat was felt, at least by me. Like the the I was pretty sure what we were going to get exploded in that hotel room somehow. <laughs> I was pretty sure that was going to happen. Uh, and then like the whole thing with the dude in the coffin. Like, I was pretty sure that was going to blow up in our faces. But, yeah. Overall, like, that's one of the problems with, like... That's that's why most, like, player characters in role-playing games are outsiders who lack resources and these sorts of problems. Because, like, that makes everything a problem. Whereas we were, like, able to put off most of our problems for the entire runtime. But if we had... It, like, if... If we had made that change, mm-hmm. right? If we had made it so that not solving all these problems caused your boss to come down on you. Yes. Right. Like, hey, this is out of control. You need to do something about it. You know, I already told you to take care of Kitty. What the hell? Right? Like, how is she still walking around? Or what have you done about my Sabat problem? Right? Like, that was the correct knob to turn for this. Or that was would have been one of the many correct knobs to turn for that. Ugh. So the other problem with doing a postmortem is now I'm seeing all like, oh shit, let's go, let's go back and do this, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I think I think if I think we 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 set this one aside and then like we talk in a few months and if we want to come back to like or do another 
like essentially vampire cops game, right? Uh, because that's what we were. I was the only like out and out actual cop, but that's what we were. We were vampire I, cops. Yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah we were yeah. all there enforcing the status quo. One hundred percent. Um, like I think that then we reapply those ideas, maybe. Yeah, like the the theme I wanted to to play off of was you know literal bloodsuckers being also the figurative bloodsuckers. Uh huh. Right, the the keepers of power, or whatever. Um, yeah, it's all straight, straightforward. Our character concepts all tie in pretty good to that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it all like all the pieces were there. We just needed to um add add the fuse to the bomb, I guess, however you want to phrase it, right? Like. Well, I also feel like it's hard to. We shouldn't underestimate the impact that like real life time had on that either like yes we started playing this in september we went into the the dark winter months the holidays people were overworked we just didn't have any energy or time to get together we missed a bunch of sessions there were there were many times we did meet and ended up not recording any any game for it Mm -hmm. because we because we just didn't have it in us (laughs) yeah And that's, you know, like one of the things that my, my therapist and I talk about on a regular basis is, you know, we are all experiencing, uh, you know, social trauma from a pandemic, right? It's it's not, things are not okay, no. right? Things are yeah. very different and very hard at, at the least, if not, you know, actively harmful, right? So... Uh, also, my therapist tells me to be nicer to myself. So. <laughs> your, ther- your therapist is right, Mike. You should be nicer. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. Yeah, and you know, uh, I no RPG, as long as everybody has fun and nobody gets hurt, none of these games are a failure, right? Yeah. 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 No, it was, it was, I mean, playing it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I hopefully listening to it was fun, but playing it was definitely fun. Oh, oh, uh, I wanted to dovetail on something that David said earlier, which was, um, before we started pressing the record button, Dave was mentioning how, like, with Fate, uh, part of what makes Fate brilliant is that even though there's only two players in a scene, um, all the players hear what's going on, and they're able to carry that narrative football forward. Um, and so one of the things that I'm going to try to do as a GM in the future is make sure that, uh, you know, we know about all the players know yeah because i'm a player too right like we all know about these different irons in the fire so even if you have people doing or often doing these six different things they know what if there's something they want to carry forward they have the narrative um what's the the word that means mens mens ray or whatever everybody can carry forward what they want to everybody knows what these things are and it winds up being like a more collaborative Everything becomes more collaborative and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it was it was also the fiasco games that we've enjoyed. Is you know not every character is in the scene, but all the players are aware of what's going on, and so we're able to craft more scenes with the knowledge as players in order to create dramatic irony. But as long as you're able to separate your player and character knowledge, which I think we've we've been able to build up over the years. On and off, Mike. Yeah, you know. yeah. You, you, we, the we, one or two games we played. Yeah. Well, I feel, yeah, I feel like some of the games we played are basically like training grounds for that, right? 
Fiasco, mm-hmm. Blades in the Dark, like those are all those are both games that specifically train you to like give yourself some distance. And if you if you look at our player sheet, our our board, our playboard, you know, if you squint a little bit, that's a fate. Oh yeah. 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 That's like that's that, that looks a lot like the thing we did to uh for the Dresden Files game for sure. Like where we put yeah, together all or, the details. Or what am I thinking? Fiasco. It looks like a it's like a fiasco place. Mm-hmm. Right? We are a handful of colored dice away from <laughs> away from uh you know just running this as fiasco. I mean, we did chainsaw a dead dude's head off. That's true. It <laughs> felt very like a fiasco game at times. I mean, it Anytime you're using a chainsaw on a body and you're saying to yourself, this is a good idea, something went wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that went well. That part where I angle grindered through this dude's vertebrae, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a good choice from everybody. (laughs) Black dice for you, sir. (laughs) But uh, so, and like, because that is a cool idea, right? Like, why don't we have... You know, a white die or a black die or like a you know the red die or the green die, whatever you want to phrase it, um, as the outcome for these RPG scenes. Well, they they had the hunger die that created that um, axle grinder thing, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh was... yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But I think yeah, if we had or do you mean do you mean something that we have more direct say in? Well, and um, maybe just so just the taking a moment after a scene and being like, so how do we think that went? Because <laughs> um, like it checks in on everybody's, what they got out of the scene and what they thought was important. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a terrible idea. I also think there's something to the idea of like, because what Fiasco does, the game of Fiasco is basically like a bunch of improv comedy with compounding consequences that all come to a head at the very end, right? And like, yeah, that the black die joke, but like, yeah, like, having something that adds up to, and this goes back to the clock thing Mike was talking about earlier. Imagine that blaze in the dark does it amazingly is that, uh, you put all these, you, you build up these consequences until it boils over, but the game tells you that it needs to boil over now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do the thing. You know what? Uh, other system does it really well. Genesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Genesis is a good system. Yeah. Yeah, and like that, and that I don't. I'm not saying that the vampire is a bad. No, system, no, no, not at all. Because yeah, the hunger die does that really well, right? It's just um, a lot of. It's not even on rails. It's just part of the structure of the game, enforces how the game is played, which is a um. What's the word I'm looking for here? It's the game design for those games are very tight, very focused on turning that that wheel properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically all Blades um, in the Dark is is generating consequences for yourself. Like, and I think that yeah, like I think one of the problem, one of the issues with Vampire is, is that you need to be more vicious with outcomes. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and not I'm using like the larger you. I'm not necessarily. I don't want to put that on Mike, but like the the 
the world of vampire and sort of the reality of the game inhabits is sort of like how we ignored that one rule in blades in the dark for a while where uh where killing people caused problems heat yeah and and like brought down the the inquisition or whoever those people are called on you like the that is there for a reason and it's built into the setting more than it's built into the system itself right yeah and i think that the system the setting of vampire behooves you to swing the consequence hammer pretty hard in terms of like fallout from actions not necessarily like oh this is a bad thing that happened on individual role but like this is some shit you did and now you're going to pay for it and that can be really hard uh to do because it's not necessarily fun unless it is and it's hard to tell if that's going to be true ahead of time yeah there is a um there was a book of uh like of short stories that were like tangentially related to or maybe actually directly related to vampire the masquerade i'm not really sure who who published it i can't remember the book right now but uh it's three short stories and each one has somebody making a terrible decision that causes them to suffer uh-huh. immeasurably. Uh, and it's one of those, one of those great books where, cause it's like, Oh, I want to see this person suffer because they made a terrible decision or, Oh no, you're going to suffer because you made this terrible decision. Right. And, uh, there's, there was very little suffering in our game. Yeah. Yeah. Mild inconveniences and discomforts at best. I was socially awkward a couple of times. Yeah, like we never really got to the finding out portion of the famous two-part phrase. Yes, very good way to put it, yes. <laughs> All right, so does anybody have any, uh, can I let's, uh, round it up, last thoughts sort of thing? I, mean, I guess I didn't put any in, in my two cents in yet. Um, I think the problem that I had with the game was my introduction to vampire the masquerade was from bloodlines you know early 2000s video game so i'm expecting a lot more you know slinging powers doing morally gray things and uh, not necessarily action-packed but just you know something more violent and we we did plenty of morally gray things sure Mm -hmm. um but i felt the system unless you were ready to just like to go downhill fast, it sort of held you back from just doing weird vampire shit all the time. I mean, I absolutely agree with you. They almost all of the like system catches are in place to punish you for doing vampire shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it might have been my inexperience in building characters in the system, but all the vampire shit I took was kind of boring or didn't yeah. really feel like it would be that interesting to like, you know, dig yeah. into it. Look, you guys all got to that, you all got to necromance you know, at least once. That might be I mean sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I used my power, I think, interesting once. That that was like the, the first session yeah, when I was, was getting rid cool. of the corpse. But after that, it was like there was no real reason to do anymore. Like the the necromancer stuff that I want to do 
was gated behind yeah. much higher level stuff, which yeah. reasonable for Merging Powers, but it was kind of like you would have to be playing this campaign for a long time or started a much higher level power level to get all the the fun things. Yeah, I think that's that's also like because uh, I think that there's sort of like an assumption built into the game that obviously you're like neonates or something close to that and low powered, but the position we were put in was not that of neonates. Yeah. So I think there was like a there's probably a a disconnect there. Like yeah, uh, it would be pretty cool to do like some straight up necromancy stuff, like actual necromancy, because all of you took necromancy. Well, yeah, <laughs> there were different flavors, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was three necromancers and a vampire cop, <laughs> which is like the the best rom com title I can come up with at this moment. I was gonna say it sounds like an eighties movie. It really does. I guess it, it, it's almost like three men and a baby, but like for the undead. <laughs> I think that. Um part of the inability to showcase our powers that we chose is stems from us not being as familiar with the system too where you know if if we had been more familiar with it it would have been easier for mike to create situations to present us where we could utilize the different powers yeah i think uh, another an issue that I don't know if it's speci- it's not specific to this version of Vampire, but definitely in the past I have experienced it in the Vampire games I've played in, uh, that there are multiple ways to play Vampire, and one of them is yeah. skulking in the shadows, trying not to do anything that draws attention to yourself. And that's sort of how we played it a lot. And then there's like the JLA but Bloodsuckers version, right? <laughs> where we all run around using our kick-ass superpowers and draining people on the streets because we need more of them. And I think that uh, that's maybe a conversation we should have had more in-depth going in as to which side of that we were going to come down on. Yes. Because yeah, I think it was it was a pretty hard, hard push to maintain the masquerade. Yeah. So... Like that same dichotomy is there in uh, cyberpunk games, typically, where it's called uh, mirror shades or mohawks. Mm-hmm. So, what's the vampire version of that phrase? Thanks to failures. And that's how you wrap it all up. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the that's the <laughs> ending it on the. <laughs> it's the lot of the sh- or the uh... shit. I forgot what the phrase is. And this and this is why my brain's not working. Bro, that's not why. I'm... Yeah, that's the uh, the name of the show right there, right? Like the mm-hmm. they did it. They said they did the show. title card. What's that? Ended on the title card. Ended on the title card. Yeah. Yep. Freeze frame as we all jump into the air. Eighties. <laughs> 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 all right. So this won't be the last thing from us. We'll be doing more stuff. Uh, it is. Yeah, I'm always. Uh, I got a lot of uh, lessons learned that I'm super excited to put into motion. There's a lot of cool stuff that I want to do with some pop art things that are ha- not pop art, uh, pop art things that are in, in the popular culture right now. So I'm hoping to uh, turn that around pretty quickly, but we'll see. And like um, our next game is only yeah, run by like, NFTs. Is that how this works? Yeah. Oh God, jeez. <laughs> now you're the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I never claimed to be the good guy, Mike. <laughs> um, NFVs, non fungible vampires. 
non-fanged mm. vampires? That sounds like a problem. Sorry, there may be, yeah, NFTs, but as blood-sucking tokens. Sango currency? That's, uh... uh... Fango. <laughs> I'm, I'm... NFTs have drained me too much to even try and make jokes about That's them. fair. So they're the real vampires. Like, like I, I, I'm, I'm sorry all your apes are belong to me. That's the best I can do. I, I watched a full-length feature movie. Describing uh-huh. in great yes. detail. Um, oh, but that was folding ideas. He's funny. I love folding ideas. Yeah. Yes. But like, I had been trying to warn people in uneloquent ways about what the problems were and why does it make sense from a technical standpoint. And then folding ideas comes around, and I'm just like, just watch this. It's not like technical concerns. It's just where's the money come from? The answer is you. Um, do you have a yes. problem? <laughs> the, the real the real lesson from this this campaign, please, if you take nothing else away, do not do anything with NFTs. <laughs> Just say no. Uh, do you know what? I'll I'll take that. <laughs> much like the Camarilla, it is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The the early adopters yeah. the early adopters are the only ones that profit. That's right. Yeah. And uh and everyone who comes in afterwards are just uh are just there to make money for the ones who were there originally. Uh because capitalism is the real vampire. And scene. Alright, yeah. All and right. scene, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Close on, folks. Okay. Yeah. Press stop now. Good job. Ended on that. Good, Good night, night, everybody. That DD podcast is released under a Creative Commons. 4.0, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Feel free to share with friends, but don't cut anything out and don't sell our work. Please visit us at thatdndpodcast.com or on Twitch or YouTube at That D&D Podcast. Intro music is The Witch's Journey by Augustine C. Outro music is Negative Ecstasy by Blue Sky Moon. Both are available on the Free Music Archive. Music by Augustine C. can also be found on Spotify and SoundCloud, while music by Blue Sky Moon can be found on Ketza.uk. Vampire the Masquerade was created by Mark Reinhagen and is a storyteller system game of the World of Darkness series published by White Wolf Publishing. All other copyrighted content is owned by its associated copyright holder.